Dustin Five Star here reminding you that nobody talks wrestling on the radio like we do during the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour every Saturday at 11 a.m. on Sports 56. Don't believe me? Ask wrestling legend Jim Cornette. You know, I appreciate the job you guys do as well here on Cerrito Live and keeping Memphis wrestling. Memphis, I think it's it's been proven time and time again, and especially with the, the level of interest and respect that it still has today amongst fans all over the world. Memphis was the capital of professional wrestling. I was proud to be a part of it. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-ops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Friday night at the Memphis Made Tap Room and every Sunday fun day at Laughlin Yard. Now, back to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. Coming up at 11 a.m., it is the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. We'll be joined by the legends of Memphis Wrestling uh, today at 11. Who who will that be? Who? 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 Well, you'll find out at 11. It was uh, The legends of Memphis Wrestling appeared last night at AutoZone Park, and we'll be talking to many of those same superstars on the program Today, So looking forward uh, to that coming up at 11 as we recap Redbirds Wrestling Night last night. And um, but around this time, each and every week at halftime of our number one, we are joined by the Grizzlies writer for the Memphis Flyer. His name is Kevin Leip, and he joins us now. <laughs> Come on! Sanity. Good morning, Lai. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm. I am fantastic. Was the baby afraid of the fireworks or not? <laughs> he was not. Well, brave young man there. All right. So at this time last week, we were previewing free agency, which began on Sunday. Here we are on Saturday. LeBron James not coming to the Memphis Grizzlies. Tyreek Evans not coming to the Memphis Grizzlies. Will Barton not coming to the Memphis Grizzlies? But they do have. Uh, Mari Caspi and possibly uh, the breaking news last night that they will get Kyle Anderson from the San Antonio Spurs. Where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, the big news is Anderson. Um, so the Spurs have 48 hours to match that offer sheet. It is a four-year deal at the full mid-level. Um I think it's even got a 15% trade kicker where his salary goes up 15% if he gets traded. Um, I mean, they, they really want Kyle Anderson, and they have structured that deal in a way that makes the Spurs, you know, uh, the Spurs are kind of in a tough spot because if Kawhi Leonard stays, that's a lot of money to pay a backup. If Kawhi Leonard leaves, then Kyle Anderson could be their starting small forward next year. Uh, so 
they are kind of in a tough spot where they have a, a, a big decision to make about him in a short amount of time. And the Grizzlies are, are, are doing everything they can with that offer sheet to uh, make them not match. So um, they, they may still do so. It depends on what they think they're going to be doing the rest of the summer. Um, but if they can acquire him from the Spurs, I, I, I like the signing. I think he's a really... Obviously, uh, you don't earn a nickname by like like Slomo if you are a very fast. Uh, that was NBA my nickname. Player. But um, yeah, but but he's a really versatile player. He's a really really good defender, uh, really good wing defender. He is, he can handle the ball a little bit. He finishes really well at the rim. Uh, I I just think he's a really he's a really good young player. Uh, even on this deal, he'll only be twenty nine by the time the deal is up. So. Um, I, I like the deal. It's it's more money than it's definitely more money than Spurs would have paid him. I think it's more money than uh, than I thought the Grizzlies would pay him. But you know, uh, since they basically only have the mid level that that four year deal is kind of the only tool they have to get guys like this who um, may be looking at getting shorter term deals other places. And I mean, I think that, I think they want him. I think they've identified that he's the kind of guy they want to bring in, and they're going to try to bring him in. Uh, I, I like the signing. It, it gives them, you know, you can see with the Cassie signing, too, they've kind of got a, a pretty neat little rotation coming together. Um, I mean, I, the thing it does mean is that Javon Carter can't be signed to that third year out of the mid-level. He's probably going to be signed to something like a two-year minimum deal. Um, but I think that's okay, too. Uh yeah, I so all week long it's kind of nothing has happened on the Grizzlies front except the Cassidy signing, which was announced really early and, and seems to be a pretty small deal. Um, it's kind of been radio silence from the Grizzlies. It didn't look like they were doing anything. There was nobody, you know, all these kind of wing guys on their list went on bigger deals for one year other places, and it kind of looked like maybe they weren't even doing anything. Uh, you know, what were they up to? Um so when this offer sheet uh, broke, I mean, you kind of have that moment of recognition of like, oh, this is what they've been talking about doing the entire time. So uh, it's just good to see that. I said this on Twitter last night, but it's clearly they, they know. You look at the draft. You look at this free agency period. They have identified this is who we think. This is the kind of person we think is a Grizzlies player, the kind of player we think is a Grizzlies player. And they've gone out and gotten those kinds of guys. So they're, very much like kind of building a culture in that way. And it's kind of cool to see that. All right. So much here to unpack. Of course, on Twitter, if you missed his tweet, you can follow him at Flyer Grizz blog. Uh, that is Grizz with only one Z on, on Twitter. Get all of Leip's insight. Of course, the news breaking last night. As we back up a couple steps. The San Antonio Spurs restricted free agent Kyle Anderson signed a four year, uh, $37.2 million offer sheet with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, this is uh, news breaking from ESPN. Last night, Leip seems to be on board with this. There's a trade kicker uh, that he mentioned as we try to to figure all this out. Well, first things first, I wonder, like, is is he this a guy? We, we didn't mention him last week on the show. Is this a name that has been tossed around that you have heard, or did it come out of nowhere? Seems to me most names that get tossed around are names that are familiar to people for some reason, whether the Tigers played them in the tournament, which of course they haven't been in the tournament in a while, or that they used to play, or they used to play for the Tigers. Those are usually the names that get bounced around uh, in free agency. Uh, <coughs> More often than not, uh, who did you hear this name before, Kyle Anderson? Well, I didn't hear. I did not hear that he was like a potential target this summer. But it, 
uh, I do know that there are people in the Grizzlies front office that, that like him a lot. Uh, I've heard his name come up as a guy that, you know, just a guy that they think is good, the guy they like. Um, I would not say that I heard him as a potential target this offseason. No, and he he's very young. So this was a guy, I, I, I'm not alone, CJ as well. We had to Google to double check. We're like, we recognize him. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know how many times we went back and forth, name a Spurs player back and forth, how long it would be till we got to him. Actually, since they keep losing players, maybe it would be quicker th- than we would think. But uh, he's nicknamed Slow Mo? <laughs> yeah, at least on Twitter. At least on Twitter? <laughs> like, is, is it he on is, his uh, Wikipedia page? CJ, CJ, check his Wikipedia page. We need to get uh, to find out if Slow Mo is on his Wikipedia page. I'm sure it was added last night, but uh, we'll get CJ on the Wikipedia investigation. But Slow Mo sounds like a fast food restaurant that is not known for its speed. But go ahead. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Cafe Eclectic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I don't. I don't think that's. Are they fast food? That's a fast casual. Uh, We're not, not fast, thinking of Chick Fil A. We know they go fast there. Um. Yeah, I mean, so that's—he's definitely—he's um, not—he's not the perfect young guy, but I do think he, he's really good. And I think I think the main thing it's about is defense, right? I mean, that this shows they're really kind of investing in their defense. This is this is a guy who is a really good wing defender, and if he has got Marcus All, assuming Marcus All is going to play good defense this year, <laughs> that guess remains to be seen. Uh, assuming he's gotten Marcus all behind him, or or really Jaron Jackson behind him, um, that is a pretty fearsome defensive combination um, because he knows the guys behind him can catch whoever gets past him. But he's also, and I'm not going to let a guy, a lot of guys get past him. I mean, that was kind of why Tony Allen and Marcus all worked so well together too. It was like uh, you had you had a guy out of the wing who was a great wing defender, and if his guy beat him, then he had to run into Marcus all. Um, so you know they're trying they're trying to get back to that obviously they're trying to get back to being a team that focuses on defense and I was saying this to one Grizzlies executive uh, last night actually I was just saying like well you know you may not win a lot of games but you're going to lose them eighty five to eighty so <laughs> you know I think that's where they're headed. The, uh, the breaking news breaking news right now wife are you ready for this brace break brace for this news here but I just got a, just got a text from the wife. She said she just ate at Cafe Eclectic with her mom, and it was super fast. Huh. <laughs> Maybe you need to go with them. Maybe so. Uh, okay, back to the Grizzlies here. So trip, uh, Triple J, great personality and supposed to be good at defense. He also had an amazing summer league, which I guess we would have been talking about this morning if not for the uh, this signing <laughs> last night. Uh, for sure. But uh, Triple J, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., the, the newest member of the Memphis Grizzlies, is uh, – did you watch that summer league game, or did you just read about the fact that he had a lot of three pointers? I watched the highlights. Um, He's apparently really good at offense. Yeah, no, I mean he could shoot. We knew he could shoot coming in. I mean, people people were kind of mostly talking about his defense and and the knock on his shooting. And I mean, you saw this in the summer league game. He's he's got a weird form. I mean, he's kind of got like a weird slow kind of release. But um, I mean, if he's going to be that open, that doesn't really matter. Obviously, he can hit. Uh, he can shoot really, really well from from long range for a guy for a six eleven seven foot guy. Uh, update on the breaking news story: They went to the Highland location, so there you go. Of Cafe Eclectic, they went to the Highland oh, yeah. Cafe Eclectic. Not I have no experience with with that location. So. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe I need to. 
But he was a great personality. Do we know if Kyle Anderson is he? Do you think he's this guy got that? Because if you're going to play that grit and grind basketball, you gotta you need because it's slow. It's not exciting basketball. What's exciting is if you have the right guys doing it, like a Zebo and a Tony Allen, and apparently a, a, a Triple J as well. Like you need somebody who can uh, give you that good sound bite, and you want to get behind and watch them play the defense. Yeah, I mean he's from the Spurs, so he might be a robot, but um, <laughs> we'll see. All right, he's from, an and he might remain on the Spurs, right? So they do have a chance to match. Yeah. They're on the clock. So sometime last night, I guess he signed this sheet. So we will know by the end of the weekend whether or not he's a Grizzly or remaining with the Spurs, right? Yeah, we'll know by Monday morning. I mean, it'll, it'll, we'll know by the end of Sunday. So we are the first ones to get to talk about this um, on the radio as Kyle uh, Anderson Given a, do you think they'll match it? What's going on with the Spurs? It's, it seems a little chaotic here this offseason for the San Antonio Spurs. It's definitely in comparison to any offseason I've ever seen with the San Antonio Spurs. This is the most chaotic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. It's, they're they're kind of in flux. So, like I said, they may, they may match it. I mean, if they, if they think they're going to end up dealing Kawhi Leonard, or even if Kawhi Leonard is leaving a free agency next summer, uh, they may match it because he might be their starting small forward for three years out of the four, de- four years on the deal. Um, they, you know, they are certainly well within. It wouldn't be crazy for them to match it because they like him a lot. He plays really well in their system. Um, I think that's why you. I think that's why it's a four-year deal. That's why it's got a trade kicker. You know that the Grizzlies are, are trying to put everything in that deal they can to make it. Um, to to make the Spurs not want to match it, even though they they could, you know they they need him on their team technically. So, so the, uh, it's I don't have a good I don't have a good sense of whether the Spurs will match it or not. Uh, uh, the trade kicker is in there, so this is a phrase we don't hear very often. Uh, the trade kicker is in the contract. So what is, what does this mean? So this means that when he gets traded, his contract's going to go up if he trades to another team. This is I don't yeah. I don't hear this very often. Yeah, not a lot of guys have it um, for for a reason. Teams don't like to sign them. Um, and so yeah, basically, if he gets traded to another team, his salary goes up fifteen percent. So it's harder to deal him because you're dealing a bigger salary than, than what you're actually yeah. what he's actually than what he's actually paid. Interesting. So that could deter the Spurs, but the Spurs are losing players uh, left and right, so they might have space on their roster and consider keeping him. But is it a in it anytime like the Spurs are passing on him make you think like well. Anytime a team, the Grizzlies always get players that are at some point are passed over. That the player could have gone somewhere else, but they ended up signing with with the Grizzlies. That's never really a, a great sign. You want to to get a Spurs player that the Spurs want. Well, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what this is. Um, I feel better about it than I would about it if he's been passed over by the Mavericks training staff. I tell you that. Right. No, that's <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of that, like I, there was an interesting stat last night as we're following the story uh, breaking on on Twitter dot uh, com. HP Basketball uh, tweeting out this statistic. Tell me if Grizzlies fans should be concerned. But he's got his stat of the three pointers made in twenty eighteen. Uh, Chandler Parsons fifty one. Kyle Anderson nineteen. Yeah, he's not a three point shooter. Uh, he's not. Uh, I was talking to a, to a friend of mine last night. It was kind of like a, it's kind of like a lower Tayshon, right? Like a like young Tayshon. I mean, uh, he's just not—he's not really a shooter. So, 
Yeah, well, then, so that's that. It's just always interesting. Anytime Chandler Parsons has a, a better statistic, I guess, than anyone. <laughs> people yeah, right well, now are like, I oh. also think people think of, because they're used to watching the Spurs and kind of how he plays in their system, I mean, he he, he hits enough of them that you have to at least pretend to guard him. You can't just leave him alone. So it's, it's, he may look like a shooter in situations where he's, he's really not. All right, we're talking with Kevin Light from the Memphis Fire. He joins us every week on the program to talk about your Memphis Grizzlies NBA free agency uh, well underway now. Teams can actually sign players. Of course, free agency has been going on since since Sunday. And uh, LeBron James going to the Lakers. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But uh, first, so Tyreek Evans not coming back. This is kind of a, a side story uh, throughout the week. What is your assessment of this entire situation? They kept him. They ended up winning uh, one game with Tyreek after the tr- after the uh, trade deadline, correct? And yeah. that one game that possibly cost them the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, right. uh, they did win with Tyreek, even though Tyreek didn't have that great of a game, that one game he did play, and they won. Uh what is your assessment going back on this? Is, was, is this a huge disaster? Is this something you put on there saying, hey, you remember that time that they didn't trade Tyreek? Do you remember when they drafted Hashim to beat? Do you remember when? Like, it's one of those moments. No, it's nowhere near that scale of a disaster. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think they meant what they said when they uh, said at the deadline that they didn't trade him because they wanted to keep him. They really did want to keep him. But I think it just wasn't a good fit, I don't think, uh, necessarily, once they realized they wanted to go in uh, – in the J.B. Bickerstaff direction. I'm not sure that, uh, I just don't think that necessarily culturally where they're trying to go, I think that shifted after the trade deadline. And I, I just don't think that, that Tyreek was a good fit there. So I don't even think that he was necessarily on their priority list um, going into free agency. So, uh, you know, whereas he was, once he once it became clear to them that they did not want to bring him back. That, that's when it became a huge mistake not to have traded him. I mean, they should have traded him for a couple of second round picks, whatever they could have gotten that didn't bring back salary. Um, they should have done it. So that's on them. But um, I guess it's also a positive sign that they're not just bringing the guy in to bring the guy in. I mean, I think there were some issues there where if they'd brought him in, it may not have worked out. Um, so, it's it's certainly not good that they didn't get anything for him. It's, that's a mistake, and they should have. But at the same time, uh, it's not just like malfeasance or incompetence. They really their their mind was changed about whether they wanted to bring him back or not. And that's yeah, that's uh, that's possible. So it would have been better if their mind was changed when they weren't uh, winning extra games or didn't get anything in return because they could have still signed him even if they traded him. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Tyreek Evans will well, be. Well, they couldn't send him to that twelve million dollars. I mean, that that was that was always the thing with him is they thought they were going to be able to bring him back at the mid level, and that seemed unrealistic anyway. Um, we've got uh, so Tyreek Evans is going to be a Pacer now, right? He is in with the Indiana Pacers next season, so there will be uh, at least one Tyreek Evans game inside of FedEx Forum next season. So, with this deal with Kyle Anderson coming on coming on board with the Grizzlies, twenty four year old. Uh, went to uh, UCLA. Uh, if in fact he becomes a Memphis Grizzly, which looks like it, it's a very strong possibility. Uh, do you like this better than the Tyreek Evans or the Will Barton? Or I mean, is it just a wait and see? I have, I'm always excited by the unknown, right? Like, what is he? How is he going to play in a different situation, different coach, different? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a wait and see with the Spurs guy for sure because you don't know what he's going to do 
in a in a system that's not as precise as the Spurs. I mean, it's going to be a young team. They're going to be figuring stuff out. Um, you know, who knows? I, I don't think he's going to have the same kind of space to operate offensively as he did on the Spurs. Obviously, um, it's just the Grizzlies don't move the ball that well, and maybe they will next year, and I'll be surprised. But I, I think that's what they're working towards. But it's definitely not going to happen next year. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting fit, and I mean. I think the thing that you're seeing with Caspi and, and Anderson both is they're bringing in like pretty high basketball IQ guys. Uh, that's definitely not Tyreek Evans. Right. Um, it's not really Will Barton either, although he is. I, I think he's a better kind of. He's he's primarily a scorer, but I think he's a little more well-rounded than, than Tyreek is. Um, you know, I, I don't think either one of those guys was ever really going to be there at the money. They just it would have been nice if they had fallen to the Grizzlies at the price the Grizzlies could pay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. This, uh, they've set a direction that to me, that's more important than the names that they're signing this summer. It seems to be like having a plan, like, uh, Heisley used to have his like three-year plan or whatever. Like it does seem like they've got a plan. Yeah, that's for sure. That's the most encouraging thing about what we've seen. Cause it didn't even seem like they had a plan it back in February, right? With the Tyreek debacle, but <laughs> yeah, no, it seems not. they've reorganized and they've kind of got a plan. So I've checked the Wikipedia page, Kyle Anderson. Of course he was drafted a uh, 30th. Uh, in the NBA draft, so he was almost a second rounder, but he's the Spurs pick at thirty. Like that does like that is a very encouraging type of uh, those late picks by the Spurs or any draft pick by the Spurs. They know what they're doing in the draft. Yeah, uh, and, and he was in the same draft as, as Jordan Adams, I believe. So uh, I think they played. Maybe they were they both at UCLA at the same time. I can't remember what year that was. Um, so the Grizzlies passed on him. Yeah, at one point, but they're making up for at it one now. Point. And on the so I checked the Wikipedia page to see slow mo if it was on there. It definitely is. Anderson is nicknamed. It's under the caption of one of his uh, his picture under his player profile. It says Anderson is nicknamed slow mo after his deliberate style. He's been nick- <laughs> nicknamed since eighth grade, according to Wikipedia, in his AAU days. Yeah, that's uh, that's polite. The nickname has he's, he's not very fast. It is. It is <laughs> stuck. Or, stuck around. All right. Uh, so Kyle Anderson coming to the Memphis Grizzlies. That will uh, be interesting. Another interesting uh, Spurs connection to the Grizz. Uh, this stat that um, I saw this week about because uh, Tony Parker is no longer going to be on the San Antonio Spurs, which is another shocking Spurs story, right? Like interesting time to be in San Antonio. And so Tony Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili were had the most wins together of all active NBA teammates with 679 wins. Second on that list was Russell Westbrook and Nick Collison. So Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, they have split up. Uh, Tony Parker, where's he going? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. That's what I thought, but uh, <laughs> it's a head scratcher. So he's going to the he's he's balancing out the East and the West there with that move. And then yeah, well his uh, you know his uh, fellow French. <laughs> National team teammate Nick Batum is there. Good okay. fit. There, there we go. So Russ Westbrook and Nick Collison, they were second in line with 343, but Collison's retiring. So that means your current active leaders for uh, uh, teammates with the most wins together of all active NBA teammates, Mike Conley Jr. and Mark Gasol with 336. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, that's that's amazing. Like, they're like the... The duo, which is bizarre. Like, they really are. We can compare and like, hey, they're Memphis's John Stockton and Carl Malone or whatever. And, you know, Zebo had that role before. But, like, yeah, here they are. 
They're the, they're the guys. They're the duo in the entire NBA now. 336. Very cool stat. There, LeBron going to the Lakers real fast. Of course, it's been talked about everywhere else, so I don't know what, what we can add to that conversation. But uh, one thing I just I thought about this week as, as the news was going on, because we talked about, yeah, you get more LeBron games at FedEx Forum, right? That's pretty cool. You get, uh, trying to think of the positives for the Grizzlies. Here's the real positive, Lipe. The real positive. Like, think about this for a minute. What if Robert Perra is correct and the Grizzlies somehow sneak out 50 wins or get close to it? What if this team is in the playoffs? They might be. Healthy uh, Mike Conley, healthy Mark Gasol. You got Anderson on there if he contributes, right? Chandler Parsons. Yeah, play. <laughs> Let me say the sentence play that we've cool. been saying for years. If Chandler Parsons is healthy. You know, there, <laughs> there's So let's say the Grizzlies make the playoffs. If they do, they're going to be like, they're going to be at best six seed, six, seven, eight seed, right? At best. Like I'm being very generous. They could be matched up in the playoffs against LeBron James. Now that would be really fun. A Grizzlies Lakers playoff series with LeBron James on the Los Angeles Lakers. Am I right? It would be fun, but I don't think the Lakers are going to be that good this year. I mean, look at who they've signed compared with like Houston's still going to be really good. Oklahoma City's still going to be really good. Obviously the Warriors are going to be even better. Um, so you're thinking the Lakers playoffs, but it's going to be lower level of the playoffs. Yeah, the Lakers will probably make the playoffs because we've seen that LeBron can drag you to the playoffs. But it's a lot harder to drag a team to the playoffs in the West, too. I mean, LeBron's never played in the West. Right. Um, and the West is just now, especially now, is just <laughs> it's ridiculous how much stronger than the East it is. Um, although the East, you know, I think the Celtics will be good. I think the Raptors will be good until the playoffs like they always are. Um you know, it, the hmm. East is not, it's not that there are no good teams in the East. It's just there's like maybe one or two. Um, and I, I, I'm very curious to see what effect LeBron, regular season LeBron has on the Lakers next year. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I do think even if they don't uh, get the right pieces around LeBron now, I could see the Lakers making moves by February in the trade deadline and, yeah. and making a push, but that won't really impact their seed, right? It'll be too late to have a great seed in the playoffs. See the Lakers making yeah, the playoffs two, with LeBron. Two, three but, year move for them, I think. Right. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting uh, move for the entire association. All right. Uh, we'll, of course, continue to talk about that like everybody else. But uh, every week, not only does uh, Leip talk to us about what's going on with the Grizzlies, but we also talk about what's trending in Memphis because he is the digital manager over there at the Memphis Flyers. So let's find out what's trending right now. Trending, trending, trending. Trending with Leip. All right, Leip, besides all of my pro wrestling stories, what is trending over there at the MemphisFlyer.com? Yeah, um, <laughs> so... It's actually something we've talked about a lot. Our cover story for the Flyer this week uh, is doing really well online, and it is uh, a piece by Toby Sells about development in Midtown. Um, he's kind of talking mostly about infield development. He talked to some people in Cooper Young where there was uh, some people bought a house and tore it down and built two houses on the lot. Um, right. That's kind of starting to happen more and more around Midtown as, as the housing prices go up. Um, he talked to some people on Broad about the uh, condo building that's going to be built uh, where the warehouse is on the, on the north side of the street. Um, you know, it's basically just a big look at, at who is building what in Midtown right now, um, what they're doing, how much say the residents have in what's being built around them, how much say should they have, um, what's being done to kind of preserve the character of the neighborhoods, I guess you could say. Uh, it's a really, really deep read it's a really good read 
Um, that's on MemphisFlyer.com right now. It's also in the print paper, so you can pick it up and read it while you're eating your burger or whatever. On, on, um, it's, it's a really good story. On the cover, what is what are your thoughts on that? Can you uh, you we we're both Midtowners, and yeah. there seems. I don't know. Always I see this. And then sometimes I'm all for, because if you listen to the show, you know I'm for like saving the Mid-South Coliseum, saving these buildings and the historic buildings. I'm for saving those. But I'm not as big as anti-building new stuff as long as you're not tearing down the old stuff necessarily to get the new stuff. But there are plenty of homes in Midtown that need to get torn down that are not saving. Yeah. Uh, and then, but so where, where are you at on this? Well, I think it's all about, um, you know, in the case of, uh, of, kind of the infill stuff, right? I mean, you can tear a house down and build a new house, but the new house should look like it fits in with the neighborhood, right? I mean, I think um, there, I, I can think of that in, in Valentine Evergreen. There's a couple examples right now, brand new houses that look, if you're just driving down the street not paying attention, you will not notice that they're a brand new house, right? Uh, compare that to, especially to what happens in East Memphis, like on Perkins, right? They'll tear down this 50s looking house on a big yard and they'll build like a walled subdivision with five houses in it. Right, you know, of zero wildlife stuff. So, to me, it's a, it's about kind of preserving the the vibe of the neighborhood. If you have a neighborhood full of these little kind of bungalow style houses from the 1920s, and you tear one down and you build like three modern looking things on the lot, well, you're, number one, that doesn't really fit with the character of the neighborhood. But number two, your neighbors probably aren't going to like that, right? Like, this is. Uh, it's not necessarily even that they're building new stuff. It's that like, you know, uh, one of the people he interviewed, the right, they came down and came home from work one day and the house next door to him had been torn down and he didn't even know what was happening. Right. And nobody had any input into, well, maybe I don't want like a <laughs> one bedroom, tall, skinny thing next door to me. That's going to be an Airbnb. Right? right. How do I stop that from happening? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and, and on broad, right. It's like, you know, they're going to build that condo building. They have been taking, you know, quote unquote, listening to the other business owners and stuff on the street, the ones who actually made that street viable enough where they could build a condo building on it. But it doesn't seem like they're really taking any of the input. They're just going to build what they're going to build. Um, so, you know, so there's a balance there. I don't know where the balance is. I don't, I don't claim to be the expert there. Right. Um, but, you know, it does seem like people should have some kind of say in what's being built next door to them. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I think you definitely should have some community uh, involvement with that. Cooper Young, they're building an a, apartment complex on a vacant lot, right? So uh, so yeah. I'd be like, I'm all for that. If you're going to, you know, if, if you're building something, even uh, even the CBS pharmacy, which gets a lot of uh, flack, like there was that vacant church that was not getting used and nobody was buying it. And the CVS decided to build there and they built it in a replica form of that church. Yeah. Like if there's nothing, the Chick-fil-A, right? It's got like a kind of yeah. wall in front of it. It's, it's, you know, if nothing else is happening and if nothing else is happening and, it, and you can build something that can, uh, I'd rather have a CVS on the corner than a vacant church to me personally. Yeah. And so some of this, this it does get tricky. Like whether you're going to tear down, whether you're going to tear down uh, a house and rebuild two new houses, if the house is savable, to a degree, then yes, but it's hard to rebuild some of these houses in Midtown that are hundreds of years old to look exactly like that. I agree, they shouldn't well, look they don't like have to look exactly, but they should. I think they yeah. should. They should have architectural elements yeah. where they just they kind of fits in with the street, right? It just looks like doesn't look out of place. Oh, I've, yeah, and I've read some like 
requirements for certain neighborhoods. Like you got to have a front porch and stuff because there is a house that looks like it's a midtown house. There's houses that look like you're a Central Gardens house. There's a house that looks like you're East Memphis house. There's a house that looks like you're a house in Cordova. There's a house that looks like you're in in 1980s Germantown where, you know, where my parents' house looks like. Like, There's certain houses that do look a certain way in certain areas and neighborhoods. And that's the thing. I, I think they did that pretty well in Midtown. In that stretch, like between Overton Park and Poplar, where a bunch of houses were torn down to build the interstate, right? Mm-hmm. They built a bunch of new houses on that land in the 90s, and for the most part, they look kind of like the old ones, right? There are streets, that Gavilon is one, where there's like old houses are on one side of the street and the new houses are on the other side of the street. And if you don't know that and you're not really paying attention, you don't notice that the new houses are new. It just feels like it's all one neighborhood. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I- so I don't know. The cover story is the one about that. It's got that skinny house, right? Can you yeah. build a can you build a skinny one that looks like it fits in the neighborhood or not? Or will it always not, not if it's too skinny? Probably not. I mean, if you're trying <laughs> to cram three houses on one lot, right? Trying to make you know. make make some somebody's trying to make money and not have to live in that neighborhood is what that is, yeah. right? So like they're not going to have to live with it. Uh, like the people who already do live in there. All right, interesting cover story from the Memphis Flyer Life. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we're the first ones to talk about a possible new Grizzly. Uh, Kyle yeah. Anderson on his way here. Um, we'll know by time we wake up on Monday morning. All right, thanks, Light. Sure thing. All right, that's Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. Follow him at Flyer Grizzblog. That is Grizz with only one Z. When we come back, we're talking about wrestling we're on the radio, as we do each and every week here on Sports Entertainment 56 and 87.7 FM. Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. CerritoTrivia.com.